And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Monday, January 29th. Uh, first time we've recorded a full pod in a while because, as you guys know, I overslept and we didn't have any time to record this weekend because Sam was in New York, so we kind of got mixed up. However, we're back for another full pod. Don't you worry about it. We're here. A lot of emails to catch up on. Got a game to cover as well because the Celtics-Pelicans game is tonight as we're recording this. Obviously, as you guys are listening to this, that game already happened, but we will get to our recap of that in a minute. Sam, we just recorded Talking Seas, so I've talked to you for like the past hour now, but how are you? How are you doing? I'm fucking freezing. <laughs> I talked about this before. This house is either a sauna or I'm in an icebox upstairs. That caught me off guard. <laughs> I'm so I'm, cold. I'm hungry. I'm trying to eat this thing. I have to shower before I go eating? to the game. The protein bar. But I, I am just... Non-stop today. <laughs> You're going, going, shower, going. But yeah, it happens. It happens. Uh, I got back from the dentist. Um, spoiler alert for the rat list. Don't you worry about it. I'll be there. Uh, I'll be, the dentist will be there no matter what. Uh, however, <clears throat> before we get into the rat list, before we get into the NBA section, let's throw it over to our future selves to recap the Celtics Pelicans game. All right, thank you to our past selves for throwing it on over to us after the Celtics-Pelicans game. Celtics took home the 118-112 win over the Pels after a terrible first half. Uh, big time second half from Tatum and Derek White specifically. Drew Holiday with a massive third quarter got the job done. Uh, six different Celtics finished in double figures, managed to take down the Pels without Kristaps Porzingis, um, overcoming a pretty solid performance from Brendan Ingram, uh, as well as Zion. Zion, yeah. Uh, with big time efficient nights for the Pels, um, just an overall really solid win for the Celtics uh, after a really rough first half, uh, which again followed a smackdown at the hands of the Clippers on Saturday. So it got back in the win column at home. Good win against a good playoff team. Solid all around for the seas. Yeah, I mean, very very impressive win by the Celtics after they looked kind of dead, um, almost almost in the same situation they were in on Saturday where Clippers were just having their way and Celtics couldn't get anything to go. They were kind of forcing at times. And instead of kind of melting and giving up, they fought. They played good defense after the first quarter where they gave up 36 points. They did not allow more than 27 in any other quarter. So they did a really great job of not only making things difficult on the Pelicans, but even turning them over. They forced eight in the second half alone, and five of those came in the fourth where they really stormed back for good. They they did two comebacks today. Pretty impressive. You don't you don't get double comebacks too often. So it's a big big boy win, big boy close for the Celtics today after really scaring us early in this one. I I didn't think they had it in them. When they had those kids singing the high school musical, I thought that was it. <laughs> You said they were lose. I remember you turned to me at uh, yep. halftime. You said they, they were losing by 20. By 20. Uh, Bobby Manning on my tweet after the game. Bobby said, uh, second, this is a second half run. Celtics 10 to 2 to pull within two. Pelicans 6 0 answer. Boston went on a 16 to 5 run. Pelicans responded with a 19 to 5 run to go up 11. Celtics finished 33 to 11 to finish from behind 11 to up 11 in the fourth quarter. <clears throat> Just huge, huge game of runs uh, in this one. And the Celtics ended up being on top because of. Big time shot making in the clutch by D White and Jason Tatum, uh, and a lock in mentality on defense in which they managed to slow down Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson after 
really a game where they just were killing them and making tough shots yeah. all night. Zion was getting whatever he wanted at the rim. Celtics were playing, even if they did play solid defense on Ingram, he was just making everything he took. Um, <clears throat> really big game. The uh, Pelicans had an efficient night overall. Like Herb Jones, three or four, three or four from three. Uh, all of them from three. I mean, CJ was seven of 14, though he didn't make his threes. I guess Trey Murphy wasn't great, but like they shot the ball pretty well. Uh, except, <clears throat> excuse me, from three overall. And that's really like the difference. So the shot margins, like the Pelicans sh- took more shots than the Celtics, made more shots than the Celtics, but 17 to 10 on threes is going to do it. That's going to win you the game. And the Celtics stuck with it. They were shooting rough, um, but big makes from Al Horford kept him in it. Big makes from Derek White in the fourth quarter after a, a horrendous first half. He, he had four points heading into the first half and he had 13 in the fourth. Um Jalen Brown was big for them at times. He, he had 22, 11, and 7. Jason Tatum had 28, 10, and 8, and three steals and a block. Tatum was huge in the passing lanes. Jalen Brown was huge defending the best players on the Pelicans. Drew Holiday w- was was big time making buckets, uh, especially in that third quarter to get them back in it. Sam Hauser made his threes. Um, Brissett and Keita gave some okay minutes, and <laughs> excuse me, and their Pritchard, you know, contributed in his way he wasn't actually that great but like this was a very well-rounded performance from the celtics after like you said sam the first half made it look like they're out of this game and we we can start here by by going player to player like Derek white like that's that's gonna be the headline that's gonna be the story he had been absolutely terrible heading into that fourth quarter over the past two games really he didn't make a single shot against the clippers and this one he was one of eight i think and one of six from behind the three-point line and through the first three quarters then he snapped out of it made a shot and he just made everything he he almost single-handedly buried the pelicans in this game tatum obviously with the assist but like Derek white was the nail in the coffin for them it was like okay yeah the scale's tipping in the celtics favor and it's not coming back yeah Derek white was excellent and i think this was one of my favorite team wins of the year i don't want to take the attention off of him because i think his recovery on the fly was truly impressive and it's something he talked about after the game when we were at the press conference where it was like everybody's encouraging him. Missoula touched upon it too, and they just really sent him the message that they are confident in him. He needs to keep shooting. He's got all the ability in the world, and that's why they have the trust in him. But, I mean, you had moments from everybody. You mentioned it. Drew Holiday took over this game in the third quarter. He had 12 points. That's the most points he's had in a quarter per Justin Turpin. W-E-I helped us out with a little stat there. But he had a great show. Like He was... He was doing it on both ends of the ball, and he was making big shots. He was getting out in transition for big momentum plays. He had a pair of hand ones. He made a couple of threes. He just was everywhere. It, it was why it, it was one of those things. It's like, yes, this is why they have him here because people t- tend to forget just because this guy's taking a back seat willingly and not taking on as much offensive responsibility doesn't mean he isn't good. It just means he's doing what he's asked. He's not asked to go out there and try and score 25 points. He's at the, he, he's, he's out there to try and make three threes if he's open that, that, and play defense. That's it. Tatum, getting deflections on defense is something that really sparked this. The turnovers they forced in the second half were excellent. They were able to get out and run. Holiday was able to benefit from that. Tatum benefited. He had several dunks. And then it all culminates, and Jalen was great too in the first half. He really was a, a great starter in this game, as he usually is. Yeah. They're all culminated in Derek White getting going and finally breaking his slump. The whole Reddick pod narrative has been going crazy the last, I don't know, three weeks since he did it. And he comes mm-hmm. out, scores 13 in the fourth, like you said, making threes, creating layups inside, just being patient and confident. It was it was truly beautiful to watch. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tatum was big time in the passing lanes uh, as well as as a shot blocker in this game. He only had one block, but he, his help defense was like a big reason why the Celtics were able to sort of lock down the Pelicans after they were getting what they wanted for the majority of the game. Um, and like I said, Jalen Brown's individual defense w- was huge for them taking on the matchup of Zion and Brandon Ingram. I'm curious to see what <clears throat> those two shot on him. But like you said, this was a great team win. They, they played the right way. Joe Mazzullo talked about it after the game like – I think he responding to Bobby Carizzi's question chatted and talking to these inside the Celtics. Um, he was like, he like referenced another game, Bulls Nets. And oh, he, the Bulls he, he Nets said, game. You know, <clears throat> yeah. And he was like, they were down big, they being the Nets, because the guys that they were wanting to let take shots made the shots. And then they came back from the deficit because they played the right way. And that's what the Celtics did in this one, right? Like you look at the first quarter, like I turned to you and I remember saying like, I don't think the defense has been that bad. And you kind of laughed at me because they had like 30 points at the time in the first quarter. But I think yeah, what I was trying to say points. was like, they didn't get them for free. <laughs> I think what I was trying to say was like, they should be okay with some of the shots they were giving up. Like look at the first quarter and it was Herb Jones going two of two from three. Uh, I don't actually know off the top of my head what he shoots from behind the three point line, but don't think it's very good. Um, he is this season a actually thirty-eight percent from three, I guess. But um, I'm well, Joe anyways, thirty-nine I, I, I all, is like almost a benchmark that scouts will look at. Yeah, sure. So he's below thirty-nine percent on the season, I guess. If that's the benchmark, um, CJ McCollum made a tough three. Brandon Ingram made a three, and Brandon Ingram was making a ton of tough buckets, as was uh, Jonas Valanciunas making a couple in the post. And so I think they were relatively okay with some of the guys they were letting get to their spots and then by the time the second half came around they locked in they changed their scheme they played some zone they they sent more help they were quicker with their rotations they picked up the energy a little bit and they stayed the course in terms of their mindset and like you said like they didn't let up 27 points in a quarter or or that was the most they let up in a quarter the rest of the game and so i do think there is benefit to to maintaining your defensive discipline and your defensive game plan and and while it led up a lot of points in the first I think just making subtle tweaks here and there and adjusting the energy and putting, you know, some guys in slightly different spots, like can make a huge difference. And I think that's what the Celtics ended up doing. And so credit to the Jays for huge two way performances, credit to the Celtics for sticking with it and maintaining that mindset. I mean, like you said, you thought they were going to be down by 20 or lose by 20 (laughs) at halftime. Um, Just a great, if it wasn't for Minnesota, I would say this is one of their best wins of the season. Like this, this is, this is up there in terms of, just gritting it out and getting a win against a really good team in clutch time where they have been pretty average, I think, this season. Yeah, they just – they've had moments where you're like, ah, are they really going to win this one? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust them yet. The playoffs will come around and you'll be like, ah, like I need them to blow them out in order to feel good. And that just isn't the reality of it sometimes, as Missoula kind of told everybody tonight. His big talking point from the press conference was that, yeah, like – expectations around the Celtics are kind of crazy and anytime that they don't blow out teams, people are kind of disappointed and that's not how it should be. He really stressed that they're going to have to earn their wins. I decided to write about that. He said he wanted to. Yeah. He He said, said, I want us to blow leads. (laughs) It felt like out of spite, but you know, he was like, yes, I would like to lose uh, double digit leads 10 to 12 more times, but I, I don't, I get what he's saying, but there is value in being in the situation, having to recover or a date like today, even today, I think I said to you guys upstairs, I was like, you know, it's nice to see him play from behind because you don't always have to see it. You don't see them actually have to battle through when things aren't going their way. And this year, when things haven't gone their way, for the most part, it stayed that way. The Milwaukee game, the Clippers game we just saw, 
I don't know off the top of my head if there's a ton of games that they stormed back in, Jack. Do you remember? And and that's not a they roll over and die. It's just they're usually out in front like everyone thinks they're going to be. Minnesota is really the, that's the a big good example. One. Um the Philly game in Philly, I think they did end and up storming back to back. a degree. I think they were down. No, the the one they won in Philly. Okay. That they won the game. I think they were down by a, a decent chunk, at least uh in the third quarter at some point. Um so yeah, I think there are some examples, but I do think this is the first one uh, in a while, at the very least, outside of the Minnesota game, obviously. Yeah, and I, I just thought it was kind of like it was Joe being funny. He was like, "Everybody, knock it off! Uh, everybody's got this expectation that the Celtics are going to blow everybody out, and that's just not the case." You know, it's an NBA game, <coughs> and well, Gary Washburn asked him about New Orleans only scoring what was it, eighty-seven points the other day, and then they come in and score thirty-three in the first quarter. 83 even worse and yeah. he he was like that's perfect like yeah it's an nba team like you're gonna have to earn it you're gonna earn a win like you have to show up and actually play for real to win it's well, not I, because I think, you're the celtics you win and i think something else joe has been stressing a lot lately lately which i think is is good is he's almost presenting it as always blowing teams out is just as damaging as always losing because in a way, like you don't learn anything from those games. You settle, you, you get complacent. You, you think about it that way. So I don't think he actually wants to consistently blow 15 point leads. I think that's just his way of getting the message across of it's good for us to not be blowing teams out every game because it's, it's better to learn from that and it will help us in the playoffs when in all likelihood, we're not just going to blow every team out. Like there's going to be a lot of close games in the playoffs. And so getting this experience under our belts before then is, is more important than just rolling every team over, even though Celtics fans would probably like it if they just rolled every team over. I would love that personally. They should just (laughs) kill everybody. But do you think he has not regrets, but almost a wish that they had to deal with more last season? Cause in the regular season, yes. you don't remember yes. a lot of games that you were like, damn, that game was terrible. And then mm-hmm. come playoff time, they did manage. They did manage to battle out of a few situations that were not ideal. Going down and losing game one against Philly, game five against Philly, and winning that series. Then you'd go down 0-3 to Miami and you battle back and almost win. I think maybe he feels if they had had to deal with more in the regular season, maybe they pull off the Miami comeback because a minor encapsulation of things not going your way is Tatum hurting himself in the final chapter of your comeback. You didn't plan for that. And then when they didn't have him to just steamroll everybody, they really didn't know what to do. And it fell apart. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets. Which players will score a touchdown? How many points will be scored? And so much more. New customers join today and you get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com Boston to sign up. That's FanDuel.com Boston. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. 
Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com. We'll call 1-800-GAM-1234. Yeah, I agree. That's it. Shout out to Tatum for being really good in this game. He was awesome. I mean, like I, I was talking to you, he's two of eight from three, but eight of ten from two. He was getting some crazy drives on the Pelicans. Like they were playing pretty solid defense and he was just weaving his way in and finding a way to the cup and getting there. He is awesome <laughs> when he gets downhill like that. And a couple of threes he took, I guess you could say, oh, maybe you should have taken that. There, there were like three of his eight threes. We're like, mm, maybe not, maybe not. But like I always say, and I stand by it, I'm okay with him mixing some of those in because he is Jason Tatum as long as he doesn't take them in the clutch at a bad moment. And to his credit, I don't think he really took any in the clutch at a bad moment. Maybe one, maybe one was in like three minutes, four minutes left, but I thought he was pretty good at understanding the moment. And another thing I think is important. We talked about it after maybe the Nuggets loss. The Celtics let somebody else close out the game. They didn't have to go to Derek White or the Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. They let Derek White. They saw he was hot. They're like, all right, Derek, take us home. Do something. Do it. it And that's huge huge that some of their best clutch outings this year have been that way even the minnesota one that was tatum it was tatum because it was tatum that day he had it he was he was the horse that they were riding to charge back the pistons game it was porzingis he was a big part of the closing of that game they went to him they went to him low the uh rockets game in houston what last week and the weekend before was another Porzingis game because he had it and they need to be more willing to be flexible at the end of the game. It goes into what you say all the time where they don't need to play differently just because the time says so. And this team is built to play flexibly and to play reactively to what they are doing that day. You shouldn't necessarily have to have a end of game game plan that you always rely on. Because it just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. <clears throat> you need to f- switch it up. Do what the moment calls for. Great job from them tonight. We didn't really talk about Jalen a lot, but he was also really good in this game, especially defensively. No, um, no turnovers, crashed the glass, was diamond people up. I didn't even notice he, he was dishing out that many assists. He had seven. And I think that's a really good thing. If you're not noticing Jalen making the good passes, that means he's just a good passer now. That means he's just a, a solid playmaker, which is good. Tatum had seven turnovers, um, <clears throat> which isn't great, but it, it did feel like... I didn't feel like he had seven turnovers. Like I didn't know he had that many till after the game. Maybe it just wasn't, I don't know. Maybe that's on me, but um, good game from him. Horford was solid. O'Shea was solid, though he missed his one three and got absolutely barbecue chicken torched by Zion Williamson for like three straight minutes, which wasn't great. Namish Kata was fine, but he was weird in some spots. And there's that. Hazard good, solid defense. I'm trying to think, did we, did we get it all? Pritchard was kind of there. I think we got it all. Drew yeah. Holiday was good. We didn't really talk it about him. Everybody Drew was really good. It was a team win. <clears throat> Drew Holiday was Yeah. Big. All right. Any final thoughts before we throw it over the rest of the show? Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. Mm-hmm. I hope my uh, past self enjoys the protein bar I was eating. <laughs> all right. We're back. Don't worry about it. Hopefully we we're back after a win, after chatting about a win. And if not, then. Well, we won't know that we're miserable until then. And so we can enjoy the rest of this pod for now. Anyways, like I mentioned, we have a lot of emails to catch up on. So let's do that now. <clears throat> but first, let's spin the in pop needle. Will make sure to comment what's popping for a chance to win. Uh, and since it was awkward with recording, this looks like we only have one entry. <laughs> so 
Who's it going to be? Congrats to Dennis Holland <coughs> for winning in Popnito. Uh, make sure to send us an email. <laughs> send us an email at hbtcpod at gmail.com with your name and phone number, and we'll get you hooked up for a $10 in Popnito gift card. Shout out, Dennis. Congratulations. Uh, now let's jump w for Dennis. Lots of emails to catch up on, like I said. <clears throat> Starting all the way back on the 25th. We're recording this on the 29th again. Sorry for the delay. Recording got a little messed up. However, from Michael Hilly. Uh, cap space question. What's popping, guys? Hope you all are doing well. I had a cap space apron question about the Celtics. Obviously, the Celtics are over the second apron. We'll have major restrictions next season because, because of it. Excuse me. Uh, I was wondering if there is perhaps a reason for the Celtics to add someone making money using the TPE now and waiting till the offseason to make a trade, combining players for a bigger for a player making bigger salary or would the restrictions start too early in the off season for them to be able to do that? That might be a Keith Smith question. LOL. The next league year starts. Uh, I believe it's the day after the draft, I think is when the new league year starts. So <clears throat> depending on I when it's free agency, because that's why like the, the contracts open up because the year is over the new year. I said, I, th- I thought it was after the draft because you know how you see all those draft night trades. Um, and they don't actually make the trade. They just make it and they have to wait till the next day. That's because a team like the 76ers who doesn't have their pick next year can't trade that pick legally this year. But once they can't, once it gets to the next league year, they can because it's further out. And so they draft the player and trade the player rather than the pick. But I, I can double check. Um, when does the next league year start NBA? <clears throat> um, Wouldn't it also be smarter to trade the player? After you pick them, so you're like trading salary instead of no salary. Uh, I don't exactly know how it works. I don't know. I just don't. I can't find when the league year starts because I'm seeing key dates as in like starts of other stuff. Um, at some point in the off season, it's either the start of the free agency or the start of the draft when the official like league year starts and ends. So that's when it'll happen. So it there probably won't be a ton of room for them to make those moves etc michael well also like just a little bit more information on this question i'm pretty sure the new cba like penalties the more years you're over the cap continue to pile up so like if you make a move this year it's still gonna count i think i think it still counts like if you the Celtics are already over the second apron so i don't know if it matters but if you get rid of that guy before the new season starts you may avoid the next year penalty i don't know maybe i just shouldn't speak because i don't know that much i i know a little bit but i don't know all of it i i don't know i i don't know the answer to what you're saying um but i i do know let me reread the question now i'm confusing myself second apron major restrictions i I, it doesn't matter celtics can make a trade whatever i I think they're going to be in the tax regardless uh and regardless if they make the trade now versus next year like if that player is on the roster, they're still going to pay the taxes for that player. So it doesn't matter if they add him now versus later. Like they're going to have to pay the taxes for all the players on their team next year, regardless of when they got them. So I don't know if I don't think there's a benefit to making a deal now versus in the summer. Um, and as far as the league year, I think it's around the draft free agency period in that little window when it starts at end. So <clears throat> yeah, Celtics can do whatever, whatever. And as I'm always says, not my money, anyways. Anyways, not my RJ. money. And sorry, we're too stupid to answer your question. <laughs> What's popping? You cannot stop him. You can only hope to contain him. This is from four days ago. Even guys, we all wanted a sweep on this road trip. Who would have guessed uh, win number three would be so easy? This is about the heat game. How easy until we get Geno times? Each Celtics player was shooting 50% or better. JT and D-White were the two bottom feeders at 50% even. 
Celtics had 36 assists on 51 baskets. Celtics out rebounded the Heat by 17, even after Porzingis tweaked his ankle. Seas closed out a 45-34 run uh, in Miami. Uh, in Miami. Uh, and the man who put the Heat to bed was the Green Cornet. Uh, when he came into the game in the third quarter, he collected two rebounds, eight points, and three dunks, uh, and two free throws in 11 minutes he played in the second half. Celtics doubled up the Heat 28-14. to 14. Miami had no answer for him. Definitely get him on an extension. Be well, RJ. Shout out Luke Cornette, man. Right <laughs> random Luke Cornette thought, I think he's going to be like Scal when he's done. Like, I think he's going <laughs> to end up like doing TV. That'd be electric. I, I feel like he's too um, uh, quiet for that, though. I don't know if he's as vocal as out there. He's See, but like he's like or... still funny like he does funny stuff and like he kind of plays into jokes and things like that like he has like a fun personality and the whole team likes him he must be somewhat vocal he's not a media guy because like he's not a podium game guy really i guess i don't know i i, I can i can see it he's definitely has a personality i just i don't know if he's yeah. outgoing enough next email from dennis holland shout out the what's popping winner What's popping? So nice to see. Uh, <laughs> so nice to see the Celtics blow out and dominate the Heat. I'm looking forward to the Clippers game tomorrow. Sorry, uh, I feel the Celtics are moving the ball. Famous last words. And the way they're running the offense through Porzingis when they do are basically unstoppable because guys pass the ball and find the best shots. And when they do that, it makes it very easy to score and play defense quickly, not giving up the fast break. Keep up the great pod, guys. Well, you saw what happens when Porzingis is not playing. I guess this is like the perfect <laughs> foreshadow. Like if if you were writing a book or a novel and you wanted to foreshadow the tragedy that was Saturday, this would be included. Like this, everything about Dennis's email was crystal ball. Like sucked that the Clippers game went the way it did. Porzingis was a key part of that because they didn't have him. They weren't able to play yep. the Dennis the way Dennis describes, and it went poorly. Yep. Yep, everything that you said you liked in the Heat game with Porzingis, uh, the opposite happened in the Clippers game because Porzingis didn't play. And <clears throat> we've talked about that at length since then, including in our talk and see with Bobby Grinsky, which came out last night. So make sure to go check that out. Um, from RJ, what's popping? Roster spots 14 and 15. Evening, guys. Lots of people scoring lots of points this week. So, of course, it's time to look at the Celtics bench. <laughs> Celtics have been running with the 13-player roster to date with three two-way guys. Uh, contract guys and Jordan Walsh rotating through the last two spots. Four of them, uh, of the four of them, Namish Gita has gotten the, the most time by far with a whopping 210 minutes compared to six, six, and three for Davis and Walsh and Peterson. Uh, the Celtics will certainly convert one of the two way deals to a regular contract for the playoffs, most likely Gita, with Walsh having a full deal already. Thus, if the Celtics do want to bring in a fresh body via trader buyout, among someone amongst Fee Mikhailu, Lamar Stevens, or Delano Bitten will have to be cut loose. I think it's highly unlikely Brad makes a deal for an outside player because of the amount of time it takes to integrate a player into the Celtic system. So it's possible Davison or Peterson leapfrogs ahead uh, of one of the three amigos. I think it is just as unlikely as the trade idea, but I was going to throw a dart. I could see Drew Peterson getting the nod at the expense of Sfi. Drew has a fundamentally sound three-point shot. He's currently hitting 45% in Maine, uh, along with a good court vision and strong passing skills. While his he's slender, he does have a wiry strength to him. Uh, and being older, he's learned how to use his physical tools against stronger players. At the end of it all, uh, I went there a lot for you and friend Pete. You don't hit when you already have 21 P-Well. That's RJ. right. That's <clears> right. Shout out RJ. <laughs> the biggest facts of all time. I like the bench. And mm -hmm. as we've beaten into the ground, we've beaten the dead horse. I don't really know who's out there that's really going to knock your socks off. It just doesn't really happen. <clears throat> yeah. I don't, I don't know if there is anybody. Um, I guess I can see, you know, maybe a two-way conversion, but at this point, just rock with what you got, convert Nimi, be fine. <clears throat> I think that'll, that'll just Keep about Keep texting Blake Griffin. 
What's poppin' ugly stats edition from two days ago? Evening, guys. Ugly game. We've gotten to the Clippers part of the email. Uh, I'll leave it to you or some stats, uh, maybe to figure out how many looks a C's uh, got at the rim that they misfired on. But I leave, believe the technical term is a lot. Here are some easily compiled ugly stats. C's bench accounted for 58 of the team's 96 points. Pritchard and Cornette outscored the Celtics starters, not named Jason Tatum. Uh, Namish Keita outscored Drew Holiday. So did Lamar Stevens. Celtics now have a two-game home losing streak. I'm sure Celtics Twitter will be on fire, but a lot of this game did feel like shots didn't go in, but the Celtics kept grinding it out on defense until they ran out of steam in the third quarter. Let's see how we uh, how we do against the Pelicans on Monday. Be well, RJ. Any thoughts, Sam? Uh, after talking to Bobby, I don't disagree with the threes weren't falling thing, but there should be a wrinkle that they pull out when that goes that way. I, mean, I agree saying that for a while. I agree. And unfortunately I think the wrinkle is usually Porzingis <laughs> when they don't have that. Then yeah. They don't, they don't and, have and that's any what's other wrinkle. great about that addition. But the other great yeah. thing about the Porzingis edition is it's giving you a new way to use Tatum mm-hmm. and they didn't use Tatum on Saturday. So that's another bad aspect and- of the Clippers game. For what it's worth, I don't think it was all Tatum's fault. They failed to find him in so no, many. That's, that's what I'm saying. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They just didn't give him the ball, and he was 8 of 11. And then he got mad that they didn't give him the ball, and then he forced and finished 8 of 18. Mm-hmm. Tough. <clears throat> Tough night all around. Just a bad one. Uh, but next thing. Home wins. Home mm. losing streak. Wear the right jerseys. They're doing it tonight in or- against New Orleans. <laughs> and also, yeah, just, just be serious with that, and you'll win. <laughs> Easy. It is simple as that. <laughs> next email we got from Naeem. Hey, I'm a it's potential veterans. Hey, I'm a big fan. Keep it up. Appreciate you. Do you guys think we should add some veterans to the team, similar to what Danny did in 08, 2010, and even 2012? Had some veterans who in their last few seasons of their career and contributed pretty well to our teams. These guys include PJ Brown, Sam Cassell, Rashid Wallace, Keon Dueling, and Chris Wilcox as well. I'm sure at the time some fans would have been calling them washed, yet they were quite solid for us. Would you try guys like Rudy K or even hometown kid in Erlens Noel? <clears throat> also, not sure if Thad Young will be on the buyout market, but it would be cool to see him. With Al Horford, who two guys in the same draft class possibly get a championship ring. By the way, I know Jeff Green was in the same draft. I remember Oladipo was at our Denver game in TD. I'm not sure if that means anything, especially because he's in Indiana for college and Brad is from Indiana. Obviously, these guys in Indiana will be playing huge over the minutes, but I think they'll make contributions throughout the playoffs. Let me know what you think. Follow up. I also think we need some guy with grit. We just lost our grit. We traded Smart and Grant. Dudes that will start a fight that can motivate the team. Rob Blocks would get us motivated too. Um, to put it well, simply, one, yeah. one email at a time. I think, no, I don't really think they need veteran. Like the veterans they have are key parts of rotation, like Drew Holiday, Al Horford, right? Like they have veterans in the starting lineup um, who do help them. And anybody they get is just not going to play in this rotation. Like all those guys, Cassell, Wallace, Wilcox, like those guys got some run because Celtics had a little bit of a spot at the end of the bench, right? Like they had some like, oh, we'll throw you a few minutes here. They're not going to get that in Boston. And so I'm not going to say no to like, well, Rudy Gay's cooked right no to Rudy Gay no to New Orleans Noel um no to Oladipo if Jeff Green was available like I think that could be like a maybe guy because he's still somehow giving like quality minutes at 43 years old but none of these guys you mentioned are contributing anything and it's not just easy to jump right back into the league especially in a situation like this uh and just provide minutes um so yeah I just I don't think so another tough part of the veteran email is there are now restrictions with the buyout. Like, yeah. if you were like, what if they got Kyle Lowry? They can't. He was making too much money before he got bought out. Gordon Hayward's the same way. So, in terms of actual players they can add to the team, 
it's the guys that nobody wanted in the first place. It's not like there was somebody on a team that was underperforming that gets bought out. Now you can just bring them in and it's a found money type thing. The new CBA has axed that and it's really hard to find veterans that aren't rotation guys that you already have any other way. Now, guys with grit. O'Shea Brissett, gritty. Yes. When he's out there, he plays hard. He is not going to start a fight. Uh, James Johnson Pacers in town tomorrow. <laughs> Second um, 10-day contract after they got in the little skirmish with the Bucks. They Pacers are on the same page as you. I think the grit thing is overrated. Like I don't, I, but... Like... I don't know. Like the Celtics are a good basketball team. I don't think you need like this guy who's going to start a fight on a team. I think you need guys who are going to play hard. I think the Celtics have guys who, to their credit, while every once in a while they'll have an off game, like even in the Clippers game, they're busting their ass on defense. Like they're still playing hard, right? It's not like they're they're just wilting out. And I'm sorry, but like Marcus Smart starting a fight in the third quarter wasn't going to win them the game. And I'm not saying that you're what you were saying, Naeem, but like I, I just think the grit thing is super overrated. Like, I, some uh, yes, some championship teams have had it in the past, right? Like the Bucks had PJ Tucker, sure. The the Warriors had Draymond Green. They've always had Draymond Green. Who the fuck was it that on the Nuggets last year? Nobody. They just had a good fucking team, and they won basketball games by the being Yoko damn Brothers. good. No, <laughs> they didn't have any grit guys. They were just a good fucking basketball team, and it won them a title. And I think that's what the Celtics are doing. I don't think they need any. I feel like Jokic is a sneaky grit guy. He's just the star of the team. I'm not. I'm not joking. <laughs> It's, no, it's not. It's not at all what Naive is saying. Uh, I don't think it's the same. <laughs> you think Jokic is their grit guy? I mean, they had Jeff Green on their team. You mentioned Jeff Green. Yeah, oh, we mentioned the veterans. Team. I'm sorry. My yeah, <laughs> but somebody like Bruce Brown is a gritty type player. He gets he gets in the trenches. He plays good defense and he makes the right play. That's that's different from what I'm talking about. I like. I think you need guys who will play hard. That's what I was saying. And I think the Celtics have guys who play hard. I, I think Pritchard, I think that's how you describe I, grit, though. <laughs> But that's not what Naeem is saying. Naeem's that's saying fair. a guy will who will start a fight. I'm saying they don't need that. And that's what I'm saying I think is overrated. I think, you know, just start a fight, you know, cause problems guy is overrated and I don't think important. You need guys who play hard, obviously. I started my thing by saying yes. that. And I think the Celtics have that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you need fighters on your team. But you, that's what I, I think was you saying. need grit. <laughs> yeah, I, think it's I, I don't different. mind. I think, I think this is a mis, misnomer here. Sure, but I'm responding to what he's describing. And he's fine. not describing what you're saying. That's okay. fine. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Next email, trades. Sam, it's your email. Ryan Hall says, trades. Is it me or do we need to go all in these next few years? Our window's uh, short and we need to make the most of it. The trade deadline is coming up and we need to do something. I say we trade a first or even a first and a second to get a guy with that six mil TPE and then pair Banton and fee in like two seconds and grab, grab the best guy around four mil. With their last roster spot, give it to Kata. Might as well use the TPE so it doesn't go to waste. If we can get a rotation piece with guys that we don't play, like Svi and Vant, and I say screw it. Thoughts? Much love, Ryan. Ryan, I love Ryan first and foremost. But I think I'm, I'm going to say, who the fuck is the best four mil guy? But before you go in, I'm going to say I, I agree with the concept of making these next two years important. There's, I also th agree, but that doesn't exist. There is no four mil, six mil guy like go all in. And, like the Celtics have the best guys you can get for those price ranges, like Luke Cornett, Sam Hauser, Peyton Pritchard, right? Like the, Ryan the best, is me, a loyal listener. <clears throat> We have a, done. We we have scratched 
all ends of the earth to find the TPE guy that's worth it. And there's Ready? like two that even you know their names. <clears throat> Let me read you some names. The best four mil guy or whatever, right? Derek Lively not getting traded. Josh Green not getting traded. Jared Vanderbilt, no. Nikhil Alexander-Walker not getting traded. James Booknight, no. Jalen Williams not getting traded. Sadiq Bay. I guess, but I don't think they're going to just do that for nothing, right? Like, there's just nothing out there that is. Well, that's what he's saying to his point. Like, would you give up a first and a second for Sadiq Bay? The answer is no. No, no, right? There's nobody cutting the assets for that. Shout out Sadiq Bay. But there's just nothing worth it at that point because nobody's going to give you significant enough minutes because nobody making six or four million dollars is going to play over the guys they already have in the rotation because they've built the rotation already and and they're damn good. (laughs) So. I just, I just, it's not out there. It's just not there. I agree with the concept of going all in and making these next few years count, but it's, it's not by wasting your picks on guys who are not going to play for as much as you say the picks mean nothing. Like you save them for when something does pop up that can be useful, or you save them for adding talent on the back end, right? You don't just waste a first round pick because you want to quote unquote go, go all in on a guy who's not going to play and then might leave this summer. That's just not like what you do. Well, also, Ryan, I think these picks are a way to make it so your window isn't just two years mm-hmm. with the new CBA. You're very limited in how you can bring players onto your team and how much money you can pay guys that aren't necessarily your best players. That's what the draft is for. You get a bunch of cheap guys and it's, it's a search like it's hit or miss. You're not guaranteed. You're going to get a good player with your draft pick, but if you hit on your draft picks, it's going to make you a much better team. Just look at Denver right now, right? Denver let Bruce Brown, and Jeff Green walk away this summer. They are right at the top of the West. They're not up at the top, but they're right there, despite Jamal Murray missing nearly a month with a hamstring strain back in November. That's because guys they drafted, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, are giving them really good minutes off the bench, and they don't have to pay them a bunch of money. It's it's so important to sustain success because – to yeah. your point, they could have fallen off a cliff and really missed Bruce Brown and Jeff Green this summer, but they didn't because the guys that they brought in through the draft were ready. So that's the importance of those picks, and it can make your window bigger, which is what we all want. Your mic bugged out there for a second, squeaked, scared the shit out of me. I can't Did lie. It? My bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, you're good. It just it made me jump. I, I wonder if the camera caught it. I went like, oh. <laughs> No, but what Sam says is very true. And as much as I think a lot of people like say, oh, you're contending, fuck the draft picks. Like you need them at this point. Like you you can't just get rid of them. Like like Sam said, I'll use the Nuggets as the example. Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Julian Strother, all playing like 13 plus minutes a game for them. That's huge, right? Mm. Like that's so big. Just finding those guys and, and they make them. a combined like five million. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and that's what's huge. Like Peyton Watson is a legitimate part of the rotation and a great defender, and having him uh, on the books is is big for them. Um, he made big uh, plays anyway. against the Celtics. He had a couple blocks that that were important to Denver's win. <clears throat> he's big, man. I think you need it. I don't think you wasted on a guy. He's not going to play. Anyways, next email from RJ. What's popping? More love for the high post. Happy Monday, guys. Great drop this morning. Monday, 129. Hey, that's right now. Uh, On KP's contributions to the Celtics. I love Porzingis and what he brings to the team. And while he is perhaps the best passer in the squad, in terms of reading and acting where to get the ball, I think other players can help to seize out in a similar fashion. Our favorite unicorn by using them more in the high post. Luke, Al, Tatum, and Nimi can all flash the high post and either to receive or threaten to pass. Threaten 
to receive a pass and bend the defense, even if the ball doesn't come out of the post as quickly or sharp as when Porzingis does it. Getting the ball off the perimeter and into the paint should open up threes in the near corner and the high perimeter as defenders cheat towards the post. Additionally, Luke shouldn't have to, uh, should have enough room to put up a clear 12-footer rather than a highly contested dunk attempt, which seems to give him problems. Heck, that shot might work for Nibi too. Hopefully, we'll see the Celtics making good adjustments against the Pels tonight. Be well, RJ. Sam said it a million times. The guy is Tatum to do that. I think they need to run through him more there. And in general, as backward as it is, I think they need to run through him a little bit more than they do right now. Like, get him the ball. Let him make plays. Let him, let him like, run the offense from that spot. Let him get into the pick and roll. Let him screen and be the screen and roll. Like, he is so good to go stretches like six minutes in the game without a shot attempt. I'm sorry, but he's too good for that to happen. Too good for him not to touch the ball in those spots, especially when the team is reeling. And you saw that in the Clippers game. And I think running him in this role a little bit more could help the team. Yeah, I'm excited to see it going forward. And I think we have a nice opportunity in front of us with big guys maybe all missing this game tonight. We we don't really know. Need me but... time. Need me, Need me put him on the screen. <laughs> you got him. Where is he? <laughs> or, uh, oh, he's in the Celtics section. We're in the M Popnito section. Oh, all, right. Not on the screen. <clears throat> all right. Last email. I think this just came in. Yes, um, it did. From Christian Calderon eight minutes ago as we were doing the M Popnito bandit. <laughs> Luke Cornett, the new Marcus Smart. Hey, fellas, for the last few seasons, I think we would agree that the most polarizing player was Marcus Smart. Celtics fans either love Marcus or absolutely despise him to the point where it was to find, tough to find neutral opinions on him as a player. I feel that this year, with Marcus Smart no longer on the team, that player is now Luke Cornett. Even though they're two completely different players, the reactions to Cornett playing are similar to the reactions of fans when Smart would play. People either love Cornett and make it known that when he has a good game, then when he has a bad game, you definitely hear slash see the people making their opinion known. I do want to give you both credit. I think you both do a good job of being relatively neutral on Cornett. In my opinion, I think Cornett is a solid third big man to have. However, I can see how many get frustrated by his play at times. Um... Just wondering what you both thought of my comparison. Agree, disagree, open to hearing your thoughts. Christian Calderon. Shout out, Christian. I see it. I think he is definitely a you love him or hate him guy. I just, people don't have the perspective, which you outlined here perfectly. He's really good for a third string big, but he's a third string big for a reason. Like that, you can like him for what he yeah. is, but you don't like the people who dislike him just have ridiculously high expectations of what he should be doing. He plays his role. He's really good in that role. Period. That, that's the end. He's pretty much rock solid. Like, his his job, and I've said this before, you just don't want to notice him. Like, unless you're noticing him for the right reasons. If you're watching a Celtics game and you're not thinking about Luke Cornett, things are going well. That means he's not out there getting taken advantage of on the perimeter. He's not getting dominated inside. They're not giving up a bunch of offensive rebounds. He's boxing out and he's taking care of his job. That's all he's really being asked to do. His touch around yeah. the rim is very solid. He did miss some the last game. But for the most part, he's a reliable option underneath the basket, and that's what they're asking for him. They don't need him to shoot threes, even though I'm, per- I'm still like content he can do that. And I'm kind of surprised they don't try and utilize it more. Every time I watch games, the entire Clippers game, he was running pick and roll, and I was turning to Bobby. And I was just go, I, Luke Cornett would get the ball. He'd go, shoot it. Shoot the ball. Shoot it. Do it. There was one where he caught it at the top of the key. He was wide open. And Caleb was like, why didn't he shoot? And I was like, it's not really what he does, but I'm pretty sure he can do it. Just take a couple, man. Just take one or two. Luke Cornette makes a three Um, unlocks a whole new level to the Celtics. Defenses (laughs) have no choice but to really like fly out on him every time. Our next Celtics film room video is just watching all the threes Luke Cornette could be taking. You know, he leads NCAA history in three pointers for a seven footer or taller. Yes. I forget if it was you that discovered Noah Dalzell. Okay brought it up 
all the time. Yeah, because he he could play. He he could play. He's, dude, he's good. He's really just good. Just think of all the all the threes he could take instead of Tatum. I will shut the fuck up. It's the, it's will, the picture say, of like the futuristic uh, <laughs> society. It's like yeah. if Cornette shot threes. I will say what RJ says is true. He does miss an abnormal amount of dunk attempts for a seven footer. I tweeted out the Clippers game. I said, Luke, Corn- every time Luke Cornette gets the ball under the rim, it looks like he forgets he can dunk, then remembers, and then tries to put the dunk in the basket really quick. And then it doesn't work half the time. <laughs> he just forgets he's really tall. He's just hard. Like, oh, like, yeah. He puts it I can only do it every once in a while. <laughs> You're not seven foot two. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, Christian. Thank you to all the guys, uh, all the people who sent us an email today. Make sure to comment what's popping on the video or in an email to get entered in the contest. Shout out, Dennis. Send us an email. Anyways, let's move on to the NBA section here. Check with the standings. It's going to be a great standings check-in because it's been a few days since we've been able to check in. So let's I've see where everybody's standing. To the power rankings, and I think that's something we do next season. Because I don't think we can just start power rankings in January. Why? It's our podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we want. I don't like it. (laughs) Oh, power rankings and we rank the teams and we like change it every week, every pod. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we could do, we could start it at the all-star break and then go from there. Or we're going to just fucking maybe. Anyways, we'll start in this standings check-in. Celtics obviously lost their last one. They're seven and three in their last ten. It feels like they're playing bad. That should tell you how good they are as a team. Uh, Bucks are also seven and three. Cavs are nine and one. They are red hot. Obviously, there is some of the asterisks there where they haven't been playing some good teams. Mickey Mouse. And shout out the Knicks because the Knicks have been playing some good teams and they're just really damn good. Uh, with- and they're going to get better. Stay tuned. tuned. <laughs> in the Knicks' uh, six-game win streak. There have been some easy teams, but they are coming off back to or not back to back, but wins over Denver and Miami, though there was Washington, Toronto, Brooklyn in there and Houston. So keep some asterisks uh, rolling. Um, anyways, Heat have lost six in a row. They are spiraling the terrors. Your trade has Hate not to see them that. too much. Them, them and the Pacers, like Pacers have now won three in a row, but you know, that trade struggling. screwed them. They're back. Though. Pacers have won three in a row. Uh, one win streaks for the Magic Bulls, Hawks, Nets. Five losing streak, five game losing streak, I should say, for the Raptors. They're free falling down the standings. Uh, Hornets, Wizards, Pistons. Three losses in a row for the Hornets. However, Wizards and Pistons each coming off a win. The Pistons beat the Thunder. Big win for the Pistons. Big boy win for the Pistons over the Thunder, Sam. It was a big boy win. Our Pistons beat the Thunder yesterday. It's tough because uh, the Pistons were the only Detroit team to win yesterday. I was so sad. Were you rooting for the Lions too? I hope so. Yeah, I was. I, yeah. I checked this. I was traveling like all day yesterday. So I checked <laughs> oh, the yeah. score, score when I was home and I was like, damn, that sucks. Were you rooting for the Ravens or the Chiefs? The Ravens. I don't know why I found myself compelled to want the Chiefs to win. Because you like Taylor Swift. No, that's not it at all. I, 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 I shouldn't want the Chiefs to win. I know I shouldn't want the Chiefs to win. I was trying to root for the Ravens, but it just feels like. You should have seen Big Cat. Poor guy. He put a future on the Ravens, and then he lost. He had it on his sweatshirt and everything. It was fun. They played like ass. They were terrible in that game. He threw all his clothes in the trash. I feel like, for some reason, it feels like the Chiefs have been – everyone's been like, oh, yeah, it's a down year. The receivers suck. So it almost feels like they are the underdog for some reason now, even though they're the fucking Chiefs, and I shouldn't want them to win. But now we're left with the Super Bowl with, like – I don't want the Niners to win. They've been like the top team all year. I don't like this Super Bowl sucks. That's all. Anyways, um, that's why Western I don't Conference care for the sport. Hmm. <laughs> Western Conference, one loss in a row for the Thunder and the Timberwolves, who are now tied atop the Western Conference. Um, 
this is a weird glitch in the standings. Clippers have won five in a row. Nuggets have won it's one in a row. It's the winning percent. That's why. Very weird. Nuggets are technically half a game back, but they are one game below the Clippers who are one game back. <clears throat> weird thing there. Whatever. Those are the top four teams in the West, though. Very clearly. Thunder, Timberwolves, Clippers, Nuggets. Kings are next up. They've won three in a row. They're finding their footing again after a rough stretch. Suns are now falling again with two losses in a row, as are the Pelicans, who are playing the Celtics tonight as we're recording this. Last night as you're listening to it. Uh, loss for the Mavs uh, as well. Pa- uh, Lakers and Jazz figuring it out again. Two wins in a row for each of them. Losses down towards the bottom. But the Spurs, Sam, two wins in a row. And one over the Pistons, Blazers. But the only team. No, no, no. There's several teams without 10 wins in the East, right? Two or three There's of them. two. Two Wizards, Pistons, yeah. yeah. Hornets just got it. Hornets just got it. Spurs, though, they beat the Timberwolves the other night, too. They're figuring it out, man. I, I told you when they played the Celtics, although they got killed, like they've been playing much better basketball in comparison to the start of their season. They've been really like turning a corner uh, in terms of the level of play they're bringing to the table. Yeah, I'm just fun. looking at your thumbnail for the Porzingis video, and Tatum and Brown are so angry. <laughs> you want to know what I Googled for those? Jason Tatum uh, mad. Jason Jalen Brown mad. You want to? Know, I don't know why. Because I didn't want to put four pictures of Porzingis. Yeah, and so I, I just thought it was like, funny. I'll just. I was like, you know what? Since I'm saying he's the most important part, I'll make. I'll make pretend like Tatum and Brown are really angry that they're not the most important part, and so I just put them on the thumbnail. Really mad, and uh, <clears throat> that's that's what I threw on there. Anyways. Uh, Next NBA thing we got is Doc Rivers update. Uh, we were talking about this last time, but obviously we didn't record. So Sam, would you like to break us down? What's happening with the Doc? Yeah. So last week, if you didn't know, which I don't know how you would not, Doc Rivers is now the coach of the Bucks after Adrian Griffin was fired midseason despite his team being 30 and 13. Um, multiple reports would indicate that Doc's contract with the Bucks is going to run through the 2027 season. I'm pretty sure this has since been confirmed since I've been together. He's going to make $40 million. Uh, I'm not going to crap on Doc. I'm just not. Not per season, by the way. Just in total. Imagine. Imagine. Everyone but Giannis. Uh, so on Reddit, I saw this post. If Doc Rivers coaches the Bucks on Friday, which he did not. I think he's making his coaching debut Monday, which is today. The Cavs would have faced the same team three times in 10 days each time with a completely different coach. Imagine yeah, I actually say that, that. Say that one more time for me. <laughs> say that one so, more time. <laughs> I don't think Doc did make his coaching debut on Friday, but had he made th- his debut with the Bucks, they yeah. would have faced Milwaukee three times within ten days. They would have faced them with Adrian Griffin at the helm, Joe Prunty at the helm, and then Doc Rivers at the helm. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, Giannis claims to be none too pleased about this. He mm-hmm. he went on this really, really long rant about, oh, uh, this is what I don't like about the NBA. One day you walk in and Adrian Griffin is the, your coach, and then the next day he's not. And it, it was literally like four minutes of him up there talking, I'm pretty sure. I pasted the whole paragraph in, but I don't know where it went. And that's I just put bad. the, think... we're all trying to find the guy who did this. Yeah, that's my bad. I think I can get it back. I think I deleted it when i got in okay. but i have it here you want me to read it it's long no. as fuck <laughs> no i don't want you to read it that's that's why i'm completely fine here i will be honest cried for four minutes because he got for context fired. for context people watching on youtube this is the full quote yeah it is very long yeah <laughs> this is the thing i don't like about the nba it's a crazy business yesterday coach griff i'm only reading the first part coach griff was our head coach today he's not and we walk in there it's like he was never here 
I don't like that about the NBA, and I speak op- openly a, about it. Now, can you pull up the video of the Bucks dancing? Yeah, do you want to go 55 burgers on the court? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's that? Let me see. Bucks dancing. Because if you didn't see this part, uh, after Giannis cried for four minutes, him and his teammates just went on the floor and celebrated that Adrian Griffin is no longer the coach of this team by dancing pregame at uh, Fiserv Forum. <clears throat> here they are. In this. I hope the video's in here. Yeah, here there it is. They're just yep. hanging out. Yeah, d- does Giannis <laughs> look sad there? No. <laughs> it's, yeah, it literally know, looks like they're all doing the coffin dance. That's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Weird behavior. I mean, listen, I don't know enough about the situation to say whether or not they made the right choice. Um, it seemed like things were going downhill with Adrian Griffin for a long time. So, like, whatever. It, it makes sense, I suppose, that they went that way. I think Doc Rivers is going to make his debut tonight or to last night as you're listening to this. Uh, today's Monday. <laughs> well, I'm just saying the day because. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Tuesday. Yeah, 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 that's what I said tonight. That's what I said uh, last night as you're listening to this. Um, so, yeah, I, we'll see what happens. I, I'm sure it'll be fine. Probably more pick and roll gets run with Damon Giannis, which is probably what the Bucks were looking for in the first place. We'll see what Doc can do. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, next thing we got is people are very angry about all the scoring in the NBA. Obviously, uh, last time we recorded a full-length pod, we didn't know that Luka was going to drop 73 points and uh, D-Book dropped 62, I think it was, something like that. 62 in a uh, loss, yeah. Same thing Devin with Cat. Booker is really good at scoring a bunch of points but not winning. That he is. That he is. But people are really mad um, about it. Like, Stephen A went on the the – whatever ESPN show he was on and he did a rant. He's like, instead of talking about Luca, he was like, this Hawks defense is disgraceful, blah, blah, blah. One day after he did a rant of this is why Embiid is here. This is why he's great. It's like, brother, it's, are we not doing the same thing? <laughs> like what is happening? And then Nikias Duncan of the Dunker spot pod, uh, who is fucking awesome. Um, did a breakdown where he literally looked at all of Luca's buckets and basically he came to the conclusion. He's like, the Hawks tried like seven different defensive coverages. They threw two bodies at him. They played zone. They did all this, blah, 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 blah. Like Luca's just making tough buckets. Like they just literally could do nothing. And Luca shot 25 of 33, shot 76% from the field. And while Sam's talking, these were some of Luca's makes on the night. Like just, just watch like some, obviously not all of them are going to be covered because he's like, I mean, he's looking for a reason. He'll find ways to get open. But, like, he's, I mean, he's making over the overstretched arm of Clint, Clint Capella. Like, he's just getting tough buckets, man. Like, I don't know. I, I think Jay Zerati points it all the time. I think a big part of the scoring in the NBA nowadays is just guys are really fucking good. They, they're taught to score yeah, from like they are 12 good. years old. And so, I, yeah, I don't know. Also, not for nothing, this was a competitive game. This wasn't like a Mickey Mouse, yes. Devin Booker getting fouled by the Celtics at the end of the game so he can get more points. This is the Hawks were trying to beat the Mavericks. The game went all the way to the final minute, and they couldn't do anything to stop Luka Doncic, so they lost while he had 73 points. These are all crazy, difficult. Look at that. Step back over Sadiq Bey. Decent defense. (laughs) There's really not a whole lot you can do, and he's so patient with the way he plays. You can't overplay anything, or he's going to make you pay for it. Like, look, takes his steps slowly, makes a Kongwu, jump past him he was just on one this day i don't really think this is i mean atlanta doesn't have the best defensive personnel they don't have a Kawhi leonard on the other end looking at luca it doesn't mean that the coaching staff 
and the players that were out on the floor didn't put in the effort to try and stop this from happening. And that one you just saw on the screen was literally him just having fun. Because he had the open fade, and he he's just nasty. elected to take an extra step in and shoot a left-handed layup. Dude, he's so good. Like, by the end of this game, I was watching it. Like, <laughs> we're watching the clip. For audio listeners, we're watching the clips of him scoring. Um, by the end of the game, they were literally having DeJounte Murray press him full-length court and just not letting him get the ball. And his teammates couldn't do anything. Like, Tim Hardaway Jr. was selling. Josh Green missed an open layup. Grant Williams, offensive foul. Like, they, they couldn't do anything, and it got to the point where they just had to get Luca the ball, let him figure it out. And I'm sure we'll see it eventually here in the fourth quarter. He dribbled through the entire fucking Hawks defense and got two and ones in the final two minutes of the game. Like they literally had no answers for the guy. <laughs> there was nothing they could do. He is incredible to watch. And even the Embiid thing, right? Like, like you're like, oh, 70 points defense sucks nowadays. No, he's just fucking amazing. And the Spurs have nobody who can stick with him in the post. Like, Wembenyama's great, but he's a twig. Like, he's just biting him. Of all of the high-scoring point games to be mad about, the Luka one, isn't it? If you want to get mad at Embiid shooting a zillion free throws, you can if you want. But even then, it's like a little bit of a stretch. He earned the free throws. As far as these guys go, just look at how patient Luka is. And the most interesting part of this one for me, it took the Mavs bench a long time to start getting excited by him making shots. Like if you <laughs> like rewind our video, cause I'm not going to make Jack pull back the clips. Just take a look at Luca, like scoring in the first quarter and he has a zillion points and nobody's standing up. <laughs> it's insane. man. I mean, D book had 29 through one. That was, insane. he was on a burner. In they the must first have quarter. won, right? <laughs> um, I want to get to these and ones in the, in the final quarter. We're getting there. Actually, we only have a few left. Uh, this this Luca performance was fucking incredible. He, dude, he is so good. I know you're not a big Luca fan. Watching him just pick apart this Hawks team that, like you said, it's not like this was a nothing game. It's a three point game in the fourth quarter. Like they needed all of these Luca buckets. Like yeah. look at this. He's just like, see y'all later. They counted that oh, off. I don't, I don't know why it's in here. But, they might have counted um, it if it's on the, the yeah, website. But eventually, yeah. Luca starts getting the ball. He didn't get a shot for a while here because there only has a few shots left in this game. But he just starts like. <laughs> What are you supposed to fucking do? About yeah, that? look at him. this guy's insane. Right? Like eventually, he just starts getting the ball and just like attacking through like four guys. Uh, yeah. Dude, the way he controls his tempo is insanity. Like he's just able to to get in there and do whatever. That shot was at ten thirty in the game, right? Ten twenty three. He doesn't get a shot for the next seven minutes because the Hawks do a good job of shutting him out. That's insane. It's kind of wild. He goes through he guys sixty eight points for like a real long time. Yeah, dude, he he could have gotten 80. Look at this bucket, though. Watch this. Watch him just, like, yeah. say, nobody's here. Slow it down. And they try to just foul him instead of making a terrible defense by Trey Young. Insane make. And then the one guy in the Luka jersey is having the day of his life in the bottom there corner one? of the screen. Oh, I need to see it now. Watch him. Bottom <laughs> left. Here he comes. There he goes. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. This last bucket, though, is the craziest one, I think. Hopefully, I'm not gaslighting you guys. A minute left, four-point game. Dribbles two, two, through two Hawks defenders. Passed another one. Clint Capella's on his knees. And Luka just makes another and one anyways. Insanity. Luka it's kind incredible. of funny that the Hawks probably refused to foul him. Like, yeah. in, like, end of he didn't game miss fouling. A free throw. He didn't yeah. miss a free throw either. All night. Like, he was incredible. Anybody saying, like, oh, defense sucks now. Like, Bro, they had a hand in his face the whole fucking night. He's just nasty. What are you going to do? Like, what do, what do you want? Anyways, 
I, I think it's it's a lot of players nowadays are just good, and that's just what it is. Anyways, and I think they next, shoot more threes. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Uh, next thing we got. Patrick Beverly, the reporter. Sam, you put this on here. Can you explain it to me? Yeah, so last week, the Sixers, I think they beat the Magic. Pretty sure they beat the Magic. And Pat Bev has his podcast at Barstool. After the Sixers beat them, Pat Bev apparently planted a reporter at Orlando's <laughs> post-game press conferences. So this guy according to Magic Beat reporters, had never been spotted at a post-game presser before. And, like, Jack, you know this. Like, if you're always at these games and there's someone new there, you're going to notice. Yeah, it's usually, in my in my experience, it's usually, like, an AP guy or a guy from the opposing, like, beat. And I'm just like, oh, okay, I'll figure it out eventually. But, yes. So, the reporter asked Wendell Carter about the Sixers and Pat Bev's belt-to-ass tour. And Wendell Carter was like, we're not really worried about Pat Bev and his five points, essentially, is what he said. Now, the Magic beat reporters are none too pleased. Brandon Kravitz said, I recognize every voice that asks questions of Magic postgame pressers. I strongly believe this was a Pat Bev plant. Dylan Bosch <laughs> followed up saying, hey, it was a plant for sure. I was in the press conference room when that happened. And after the press conference, I went in front of the Sixers locker room to see the players walk out. As I'm waiting to see, I see Pat Bev and the quote-unquote reporter who asked that question greet each other. Then Pat Bev walks out of the locker room. He was wearing black boots, orange, and black jeans, and he walks up to the reporter guy who was with two girls and tells him, you got it? The reporter says, yeah, then signals him to follow him to the team bus, and they leave. That's all time. <laughs> it's fucking Pat incredible. Bev is just funny. And then he shit talked him on the pod, right? Then he got the answer talked about on the pod. Yeah, he like went on the podcast and was like, well, whatever he said. But like he he coerced Carter to say this. That's incredible. That that's that's next level big brain stuff from Papev, and I respect it. I can't lie. I respect the hell out of that. Mm. What a guy. Papev, you need to plant at Celtics games. Uh <laughs> anyways. Uh last NBA thing we got. Julius Randle is hurt. Uh, this was what Sam was alluding to earlier. He separated his shoulder, dislocated his shoulder, um, and is set to miss several weeks. Not months, though, which is good uh, per Woj and Shams. Uh, well, shut Depending the fuck up. who you ask. Who, what good for, are you looking at it from? Good for Randall's health. Uh, and yeah, he's been very good. No, Maybe he's bad been good. For the Knicks. He's been good, and they've been winning a lot of basketball games. You can't, like, like you said, Sam, you don't hit on you don't hit on twenty one. It's been working for them lately. You don't so hit on twenty one, but also like you don't expect to win when like you're hitting on thirteen and you keep pulling twenty ones. That's more of what's been happening. Last ten games, twenty three points, eight point seven rebounds, six assists, uh, forty seven thirty eight splits. Turnovers. Really good. Really good shooting efficiency. He's playing really well. <laughs> Really good shooting efficient 3.8. 3.8 a game. But he's shooting very well. He is a he is their primary ball handler. Turnovers have always Which is been a bad. problem Randall. I know, I know, but he, they have been playing very well um with him in the lineup. And so it sucks that they're losing him. Uh, but it is good that he is uh going to miss only weeks. Uh, yeah, I mean I don't want to see optimism. him like sidelined forever, but did you did you fan, see the injury too? Like no, I didn't see it. It was scary uh pull it up. let me see if i can find no, the video pull it up. Uh, nobody wants no, to watch somebody separate it's not like shoulder. scary scary but it's just like he fell 
very hard. And it's another, you know what, why I'm going to pull it up? Because it's a callback to Refs. stop the fucking charge. No. Like, oh, like this charge. is this okay. is a, an example of dangerous Look, charge. He's, Look. Char- he's going to hit somebody with a charge down the <clears throat> tunnel. Look at this. Has already gathered. Jaime Hawkins is still moving. Yep. And Julius Randle is forced to like, like that's such a dangerous play. You should yeah. be able to do that. And he oh. just falls directly on his shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you got to be in position before the guy gathers that that's, that's a no, no. That's where the charge is a no for me. Anyways. All right. Let's get to the rat list here. Wrap up the show. So Sam and I can get into the game because we're both heading to the Pels game tonight. Sam, would you like nice. to kick us off with Matha? Yeah. So first and foremost, I will once again, rat list the fucking temperature in here. Mm-hmm. I'm fixing the rat. Don't worry. Because I cannot wait to go take a shower so my heat, my feet are no longer frozen. Yes. They have perished. So, yeah. And then I'm going to turn the heat <laughs> on before I leave and I'll come back and it's going to be like 500 degrees up here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Rat list. Um, what did I say I was going to rat list at the start of the show? Dentist. Uh, yes, the the dentist. dentist. Uh, I will say no cavities this time, so I was chilling. However, the dentist today. She's very nice. I'm not going to complain like about her. It's, it's, it was it was better than some. But you know that the uh, suction thing they do to like take the water or saliva yes. out of your mouth so you don't have to move your mouth. She decided today that she was just going to fucking choke me with it because she just started putting what it in, instead of like instead of on the side. She was putting it down the middle. I'm like, lady, I'm going to just fucking gag. I'm not going to lie you. to you. <laughs> I was literally about to say I really wish somebody would like put that further down so it would like get phlegm out of my nose. No, it was not fun because I there was like a bunch of spit down here and I was just gonna swallow it and I don't have like a, she was just, she almost choked me. I'm like I'm gonna just like vomit on you if you put it any. That'd be a, a way throat. for you to die. Imagine how <laughs> like, mad I'd be if doing? I thought you slept through not only talking seas but our pod, but you're actually dead. Oh my god! I was like, what? The f- <laughs> Jack is choked to death. It was insane. It it, it was crazy. I just the kept comments like, are like good. <laughs> Every like time it finally caught it. up to him. Every time she wanted to do it, I was just like closing my mouth. I'm like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Please, dear God, leave me alone. Um, yeah, it was whack. Anyways, that that's the Ratlist dentist. Ratlist, the seven train being shut down in New York City yes, over the weekend. So where I was mm. staying was right by a train station that was the seven train. And yesterday, my girlfriend and I were trying to leave. We had to get to Grand Central Station to get the train to essentially what you do to go to the garden, Jack. You go and you drive somewhere and then you take the train in. So yeah. we went and we were in the pouring rain in the wind and we walked all the way to the subway station and it was closed off as they were doing repairs to the seven. So, I mean, a lot of out in the cold for no reason. We ended up just Ubering. Mm. Not fun. <clears throat> yeah. There you go. Um, Ratless the green line just because it's a permanent. So after the Celtics game on Saturday, uh, it wrapped super early, like Sam was shocked too. Jason Tatum wanted to get out of there after the loss. Oh, he came pissed. in, sped through the presser and dipped. Pressers were done by like 940, which is like unheard of. Uh, and it was also 7 p.m. tip, so it was like bumped early because of that too. So it got to the point where I was recording Sam and I texted a buddy of mine, shout out Mike, and I was like, hey, you know, you guys out, I'll come meet you, I'll come hang out, right? Because Saturday I could have just slept at their place, which is, excuse me, I have the hiccups, the place I'm moving to anyways in September, so I would have hung out with them. But the green line's down and they're in Fenway. And so I'm like, fuck, I'll have to Uber. And by the time I was texting Mike when I was about to leave, he stopped responding to me because, I mean, he's out, he's drunk, he's hanging out, having a time. And so I'm like, fuck it, I'll just go home. And so I was like, I just had to go home because the green line's fucking down and I couldn't make it over there. Um, however, I did have a, a positive uh, of the night. 
the red line conductor on my train home was absolutely fucking electric. Uh, let me find the video. He was he was on one. Let me let me see. Um, I'll play the video. Oh, I took it. I didn't put it on Twitter. I got it. I got him down. I have it up. <clears throat> Here we go. Listen to this red line conductor. This was right. twelve thirty, like midnight. He's just on it. Good for him. That's good. And, excuse me. The, the best part, I get a response to that from Taylor Snow, uh, who's a Celtics writer. He goes, knew the voice before turning up the volume. That guy's the best. I've only ever heard it on weekends after midnight. What a vibe. And then I responded, I choose to believe in the lore where he, where he specifically selects these shifts just to fuck with people. And it's, it makes it so much better for me. Yeah. <laughs> what a guy. Ratless pricing in New York City. <laughs> I don't know if I came and bitched about the ice cream prices on Saturday night's recording, no. and I think I might have. And if I didn't, then I'll tell you again. So I went out for ice cream. As Jack was like, yeah, they ran through the press conferences as fast as they possibly could. I was out getting ice cream, so Jack had to wait for me. I felt bad. But we're in the ice cream shop. I get three scoops of ice cream. The lady gets one. I go to pay, and he's like, oh, yeah, your total's $15. I'm like, okay, whatever. He's like, wait, are you paying for both of you? I'm like, yeah. It cost me $25 to get ice cream for the two of us. And then the next morning, we go out for, like, coffee and, like, a coffee shop breakfast, not like we're going to get pancakes and eggs and bacon. I spent $40. <laughs> How is that legal? Yeah, that's insane. That was that's assault. Insane. Do you have anything else? That's great. No, you can keep rocking. I think I'm done. All right. So I won't be too specific, but I was working this weekend and what I was doing is I was at a convention. Nobody walks slower than people at a convention. Mm. You should be able to bulldoze people, but that's not why I'm here. People at conventions love to get free stuff. And they kept coming over to where my company was set up and asking us for, like, whatever. Sure. This one guy came over, and I recognized him from last year. Mm. And he brought his daughter. Uh-oh. His daughter had the fucking nerve to ask me if I knew where something that was at our booth was from. Like, because she was going to tell me. Mm. And I didn't know. You know why? Because I just work here. <laughs> And she was like, well, you should know if you got like, this is Apple doesn't fall far from the tree, like epitome dictionary, them two in the dictionary, couple of cunts. <laughs> the guy last year we had, uh, we were giving away like spices and sure. This was the, I don't know if I, I think I told you about this, but people thought they were getting like the greatest thing ever. Cause they could get, take a little bag of spices and we got them all from Amazon, but people were like, where are these from? And this guy, and I remembered him. He was like interrogating the person I was working with about where is this from? What's in it? Like just kept going on and on and on and on and on. And he was, he was back. I couldn't believe it. I recognized somebody. You know how many people I had to see at this thing? I must've <laughs> seen over like 5,000 people over the weekend. And I remembered him. That's how much yeah, of a rat insane. he was. That's insane. <clears throat> what a guy. 
Uh, it's content though, so shout out that guy for giving us content. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, that's I all. I got. I wanted to give more details, but I, I I'm not gonna. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap it there then. Thank you for tuning in to How About Them Celtics. We appreciate it very much. Make sure to subscribe. We're almost at 2,100 subs, which is kind of fucking crazy. Uh, so we appreciate y'all for that. Um, make sure to subscribe. Help us get there. Uh, leave us a review on Apple and Spotify. Five stars. Follow us. You know the drill by now. Just please, God. You know what? At this point, fucking just leave. If you want to call me Yankee, go ahead. Just leave a review. Five stars, right? Just come on. Help me out. Um, I don't know if we've gotten any new ones since the last time I've begged. Um, but thank y'all anyways. Subscribe. Appreciate it. I'll let Sam wrap it up. Yes, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, make sure. I like kind of didn't have a voice when I started that, and I just decided to lean into it. But yeah, thank you. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of our daily uploads. We're doing these full pods. We're doing game recaps. We're doing talking season Bobby. We're doing film breakdowns. We're doing rumor breakdowns. We're doing pregame streams. A half hour before each show. Yesterday's was from the garden. The two of us were there. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple. Just like Jack said, if you leave a five-star review, we will appreciate it very much. You can reach out to us via email. HBTCpod at gmail.com is the way to do that. We go through emails each pod. You saw that today. You can also find us on socials at How About Them Seas. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook is just the name of the podcast. Our pregame streams are there and on YouTube and on Twitter. Jack's Twitter is at Jack's Money NBA. Mine's at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's it for us. Bye. <laughs>